Most realtors find it extremely difficult to take their business to the next level. Usually this is due to a lack of revenue predictability, a lack of clarity, or a lack of systems and processes. And more often than not, it's all of the above. How discouraging is it feeling like you have to reinvent the wheel every single day? How frustrating is it having a marketing strategy that's basically throwing spaghetti against the wall to see what sticks? How lost do you feel trying to make sense of the hundreds of confusing technologies that everyone says you have to have? How irritating is it constantly trying to make sense of ambiguous advice from people that were successful 20 years ago if they were ever even successful at all? How aggravating is it watching everyone else cruise along while you're constantly feeling overworked and overwhelmed? There's got to be a better way, right? Well, let me tell you about this new company called Innovox. They're really shaking things up in the industry. Basically, Innovox helps real estate agents become real estate business owners so they can scale their businesses. Innovox is a CRM and marketing tool that's designed to systematically walk you through a proprietary three-step scale engine framework. So instead of just presenting you with a thousand features and expecting you to know what to do with all of it, Innobox walks you through a carefully crafted proven framework step by step, so you'll always be three moves ahead. It's not easy to scale a real estate business, but that doesn't mean it can't be simple. So check out Innobox, where you'll get everything you need to scale your real estate business in a box. Go to goinabox.com to learn more. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Real Marketer Podcast. In today's episode, I sit with Raymond Scholseth and Walter Key, co-authors of The Startup Agent, a step-by-step guide for new agents looking to be successful right out of the gate. We'll be discussing some of the strategies discussed in the book, why almost 90% of agents don't make it past the five-year mark, and how to ensure you don't become just another statistic. Raymond is the host of The Agent Podcast. He's founded multiple companies. He's a coach, a consultant, and now an author. Walter has been a six-figure year agent literally since his inception in the industry, and he even managed to sell his real estate business for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Individually, they have enjoyed successful careers, both in real estate as well as in other industries, and now fueled by their mutual sense of mission to empower hungry, ambitious entrepreneurs and realtors such as yourselves, they've joined forces and literally written the book on how to succeed as a new agent. If you want to grab your copy, click the link in the description below to get it on Amazon. Today, we'll be discussing mindset, lead generation, growing your team, everything in the book we'll be discussing today. I'm Oliver Bohr, and this is The Real Marketer Podcast. So I'm here with these two legends right now. I've got Raymond and I got Walter, the co-author of this amazing book, The Startup Agent. And as it says on the book, and ladies and gentlemen, let me just clarify, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be telling you this. I wouldn't be verifying this if I didn't read through the entire book myself. And I'm telling you, man, this stuff is gold. And what is going to teach you how to do when you read this book, and I'm saying when because it's not an if, it's not an if, because if you're in real estate, I don't care if you're a new agent or an experienced agent, this is gold. This is going to show you how to build a successful business the right way the first time. I mean, that is the slogan. And like I said, I went through the entire book start to finish and it was absolutely bang on. But before we get into deep in, uh, deep diving into this book, let me ask you guys individually. What is your, like, let me ask Walter first. What's your story? How did you get into this and, and, and why'd you write the book? Yeah, so I wrote the book because Ray had brilliant ideas and I wanted to put my name on it with him. No. <laughs> so I got into real estate years ago after um, buying my first piece of real estate while still in the Navy. And most, you know, most military folks will rent their entire career. That didn't make sense to me. So I bought my first house as a young lad 
sold it less than two years later, made a really decent profit and a little light bulb went off that went, hmm, real estate, that's a thing. I'm going to keep doing this. And so I knew a long, long, long time ago that I was going to get into real estate as soon as I wrapped up the Navy career. I actually got into real estate before I racked up the Navy career because I wanted to transition out of the Navy and into real estate with you know seamless income. Um, and so that's kind of how I got started. It was just kind of a, another way for me to serve people after serving in the Navy. I said, real estate allows me to keep serving people in, in a different way, in a different industry. And, and the rest is history. That that went well and started coaching after that. And that led me to meet Ray and Ray's a genius. And I said, if I hang around this guy, I'll probably be smarter. And the rest is history. So same question then goes for you, Ray. How'd you get into this industry and what's your story? So I bought my first house, actually a condo in California as a foreclosure in 1995 for 60,000 bucks. And I was, uh, I don't know, I guess 1920 at the time I was working for an engineering company, making good money. And one of my friend of a friends who was quite older than me was a real estate agent and said, Hey, you're making good money. I have this property. Would you be interested? And I bought it, put 10 grand into it, lived in it for five years and turned around and sold it for 300 grand five years later and bought two more houses. That's crazy. What year was that you said? Dude, like 1995. So I was an investor for the last 30 years before my wife and I decided to jump onto EXP and start a husband and wife team here in Chicago. That's kind of like, that really embodies, I guess, the millennial slash Gen Z frustrations when sort of like older folks are saying like, you got to save up and this is how you're going to gain that. Like, it's not a simple, like $60,000 you said to buy a property. Like, I don't know if that'll buy a shoebox around here. <laughs> like, it's just, we live in a different world, man. That's so unbelievable though. Okay. So, so I know kind of Walter, you, you kind of touched on that a little bit. Like, how did you get connected and what prompted you to, to, cause everybody wants to write a book, right? But there's a big difference between wanting to do something and doing it. You guys did it. So how'd you guys get connected and what prompted you guys to write the, write this book? Well, we met through uh, our coaching organization. Our, our larger EXP family runs a coaching organization for agents, and we, you know, we teach for free. We're both passionate about helping other people do well, uh, coaching, consulting, et cetera. And so that's how we linked up. And it was just kind of a, kind of an instant chemistry, honestly. Like we're just on the same wavelength, right? Our, our thought processes, our experiences, our, our mindset towards helping other people, all kind of synced together beautifully. And, uh, and I had all this stuff that I had documented about different marketing or not marketing, but different prospecting strategies and mindset and discipline and you know, how I grew my business. And, and Ray had all of this stuff that he had documented from marketing and branding and building your identity, et cetera, et cetera. And neither one of us alone would have written a good book. Right. It, it would have missed something. And so when we got together, and we took what, what I had already kind of put together on paper and what Ray had already kind of put together on paper. And we went th this collectively, they, this is the book. Right. And that the rest was history. We threw it together and self-published it in no time and made a couple of tweaks on the grammar as we went. And the rest is the rest is history and book sales. So it's, it's interesting you say that. So the three-part process, I'm, we've spoken a number of times, the three-part process that we follow with our clients that we believe go into any successful business is obviously like the branding and then the lead generation and the follow-up. Like those are basically the three parts. And between the two of you guys, like 
that is a documented SOP kind of yeah. real estate business. So it, it seems like, I mean, each of you really, the, the reality is that if you have a, a psychedelic brand, even if you're like, if you have a psychedelic brand, the other things might be able to be lacking a little bit. Like it's obviously you're going to hit a ceiling and whatever it is. And same thing, I guess, goes for lead generation is that you're going to be working like a horse, but you will still be successful. And really when you put those two together and I'm, and I'm thinking that reading that book, that's exactly what we're seeing there is like you guys would have been, and you were excellent alone, but together it kind of takes it to the next level. What Raymond, how has this kind of partnership with Walt transformed you and your business and your vision and, and mission of kind of helping as many people as possible? Yeah. So I think a couple of things, number one, collaboration over competition, that's a game changer. If you can get your mind mm -hmm. around that framework, right? Like how many real estate agents are out there going, Oh my God, there's a hundred thousand real estate agents in my zip code. Who cares? Yeah. Right. If you want to be statistical, 87% are going to fail, right? Cause they're not going to make the business. So how can you focus on you and how can you focus on collaborating? Whether it's sharing listings, whether it's supporting each other, whether it's going to community events. And that's how I felt about this collaboration with Walt is like, look, we can do this bigger, better, faster together and be accountable to each other to get it done. Right. So right. we wrote from concept to literally Amazon top 20 in real estate in 90 days. Wow. 90 but, days. But we had to show up, man. And that's it. Yeah. Like if someone takes anything away from this podcast, you have to show up. 90 days to go from concept to written. That's so, okay. So, so I feel like that's going to kind of come into the next question that I ask. but you said 87% of agents will fail statistically, right? Yep. yep. And those numbers, basically from what I've seen, it goes from 87, 92%. Bottom line, it's a lot. It's approximately yeah. nine out of 10 agents, which is an insane amount, almost to the point where somebody would ask, why would people even get into this business? But obviously you guys are walking examples of the fact that it really could be an extremely rewarding career in industry. What the heck is going on that 90% of agents approximately are failing? What is that? Yeah, I, I summarize it down to two things. And, and it's only these two things. Everything else falls under one of these two things in my mind. Agents either have a knowledge gap or they have an execution gap, right? And think about this from the perspective of a, of a new agent. I'm watching HGTV. I'm watching this show and that show. And they just for 30, I watch a 30 minute episode and they made $85,000 in 30 minutes. This is so easy. The barrier to entry is pretty low. 63 hour pre-licensed course depends on what state you're in. Obviously here's a few hundred dollars for the course, get my fingerprints, get my license, couple thousand dollars at most for MLS association access, realtor association dues, some lock boxes, some signs, you name it. So I'm all in business owner, let's call it two grand in six months. Now what, right? right? The license exam does not teach you how to build or grow or stabilize that business that you just magically created with two grand in six months of your time. So now agents go, well, where's the, the fast cash 30 minutes? This isn't what I thought it was. How, how do I do this? And I've heard it over and over and over through, through through coaching agents at every brokerage, mind you. Like there's no, it's this is a broker agnostic problem. My broker, my team, my X, Y, Z, my Y, I'm not learning how to grow my business. And that's why they come to the coaching, right? And most of them have that knowledge gap. If they're lucky, they find someone that can they can grab onto and and learn properly. But even more so, there's an execution gap. 
after you teach agents how to do it, many of them still don't. Because when they got into the industry, they weren't thinking that this is work. They just thought it was going to be fairly easy. And when they realized that, that there's a process, there's a system, you have to be disciplined, you have to be consistent, you have to go to work every day, they kind of go, oh, well, that's not what I wanted to do. And so even with all the knowledge in the world, if you don't ever execute on it, you're, you're doomed to fail. So it's just those two things. It's a knowledge gap or an execution gap. So percentage-wise, let's say, how many people do you think struggle because of a knowledge gap and how many people struggle because of an execution gap? I personally think the vast majority struggle more because of the knowledge gap. Because again, I, I've thousands of agents of across the entire United States and Canada and some other countries, all different brokerages. When I meet with them, when I jump on a Zoom call with them, when I have a conversation with them, it's almost always the same story. I was promised this. I was told I would get that. I was told that we had the greatest training in the world. The moment I signed my independent contractor agreement, poof, nobody's around. I have yeah. no mentors. I'm not getting any sort of training to help me grow my business. I learned how to write a contract. I learned how to follow my state procedure. That's all I get. And so I really, truly believe that the vast majority of agents that fell in this industry is not because they don't want to succeed. It's because they do not know how to. There are still some that won't, right? Absolutely. There's still some that even after you give them the knowledge, they're just not going to execute because it's not what they thought it was. But the vast majority, I'll use our, our briefly use our, uh, our, fam our EXP realty family as an example. Because we have lots of brand new agents, right? From zero to six months in the industry. I, the, the gentleman I met with this morning is a great example. He, he's been with us for less than one year. He's closed eight deals already this year as a brand new agent. That's higher than the statistical average of any agent in the market. And he's brand freaking new. He's right. taking the knowledge he's getting and putting it into, into action. He's doing both. He's acquiring the knowledge, but he's also executing on the knowledge he acquires. And that's the winning formula. Learn what you need to do and then go do it. So Raymond, would you, would you, would you say, would you agree with that? That most of the time, the reason that agents are struggling is because they struggle from a knowledge perspective instead of an execution perspective. So I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting because that knowledge gap may be what to do next. Right. And if you don't know what to do next, you could theoretically have an excuse for not implementing or executing but ultimately, you're in business for yourself. You have to take responsibility and figure it out, right? So the real question is, how many of us, and I'm guilty of this, go and learn something? Maybe you read a book. Maybe you watch a YouTube video. And you absorb it. You listen to it. But then you never go and execute it, right? So if you read 100 books a year and you take one idea from each, that's 100 ideas that you should be implementing to be better. If you're not then what's that percentage? Are you implementing five ideas? So you implemented 5% of what you learned. So it's the same for real estate agents, right? New agents specifically, it's overwhelming. Everybody's onboarding processes suck at all the brokerages for the most part, okay? There's very few that have it dialed in. So the ones that have it dialed in have a process to not overwhelm the agent, hold their hand, walk them through what's important so that they can get up to speed and going. If more of us can improve our onboarding process and make it simpler, 
and easier for agents to get started in the business, the success rate will go up. And that's part of what this book was written for. So I actually, I think, I think not that those two are conflicting, but I kind of would say a little bit more, I, I agree a little bit more with what Raymond said. And that's not to say that there isn't a knowledge gap, but I anticipate, because again, like I said, I've read this book. And all, all like flattering jokes aside, the reality is that if somebody reads that book and they're not successful, it's only because they're not implementing. Statistically, numbers-wise, yeah. like it's impossible that if you're doing the things that you suggested, and like I mentioned before we even got on this call, I wanted to talk about some of the expired listing strategies that you spoke about because that's just such a simple tweak, but it's just different, right? And just a quick, quick one-sentence thing so that people kind of have context when I'm talking about. You guys do you, – your expired process requires you to call – how's that expired 12, 24 months ago, because that's kind of blue ocean as far as I'm concerned in terms of competition. Anyway, the point is, is that when this book comes out, there is now logically speaking, no reason for any agent to not succeed if the gap was primarily a knowledge-based gap. Sure. I anticipate, and I hope that I'm wrong, but I anticipate that if people do read this book and take action, uh, sorry, if that if people read this book and want to succeed, there will still be something else in their way. So I would almost bring a third category. I would say that there's a knowledge overload requirement, almost like a commitment stacking that people are really going to do is that they get an idea and it sounds good. And then they kind of find another problem and then they just keep on finding problem after problem and reason that they can't execute and whatever it is. And I would say that, yes, you could read 100 books to become successful. I think that if you find someone or something or a book or a, a channel, whatever it is, that's good. Stick to that and only do that. So th it kind of, for me, comes in full circle. It's like, yeah, maybe it starts as a knowledge gap. But I think that what Raymond was saying is that that lack of knowledge is almost like a good excuse to not take action. And then you get more knowledge and then you get more knowledge and more knowledge and more knowledge. And then it just keeps on going and going. So I don't yeah. know. I feel like it's almost like either a knowledge lacking or a knowledge overload. But at the end of the day, um, I just feel like it's an execution thing. Would you say that it's a fair analysis, fair synopsis, that if somebody was to read this book, realistically speaking, and actually not distract themselves with other things, just read the book and take action on everything in the book? Is there any reason for an agent to fail, honestly? Not at all. That That's literally the goal behind the book. Like Ray and I have said it publicly, the, the intention for writing this was to start reducing that 87% failure rate. If, if, if our only metric of success is that if in the future st that statistic starts to go down, we know we had a part in that because this is literally a step-by-step. -step. This is step one first, then you're going to step two, then you're going to step three. It takes out all of the knowledge overload that you talked about and it gives you the actionable, repeatable steps that you just have to go execute in a disciplined manner. Now, you mentioned something there that's really interesting because we talk about it in the book as well. Is not trying to do several things at once, not trying to grab every shiny object you see. But we actually talk about that in the book as well. Pick one thing and do that one thing until you've got it down. It's consistent. It's repeatable. It's on autopilot. And then bring in the second thing, right? There's nothing wrong with having multiple things that you're doing, but you have to get good at the one thing before you add the second thing, right? You have to have those two things drilled down and on autopilot before you add the third thing, because you will start doing a whole bunch of little things ineffectively if you're not focusing your time on the one or two things that matter the most. 
So I wanted to get into the book a little bit in the process that you're following. So I guess let's kind of a, a brief high level overview of it. Like what does your process look like from start to finish that you go through in the book? What does that framework look like? Raymond, can you walk us through that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, the book is set up to be linear learning, right? You get your license, you pick up this book, and then you read chapter one. That's about mindset, right? Understanding the fact that if you want to take uh, Jeff Bezos' theory, every day is day one. Begin again. Start over. It's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to wake up on the wrong side of the bed. It's okay not to feel motivated. It's okay to lose discipline. But step one is starting over every single day and adopt that mindset. And then you go through the rest of the book and we get into, um, you know, I don't like the word time management because you can't manage time, but activity management, right? And then we get into branding and then we get into lead generation and then we get into marketing and all these different chapters that are relevant. And to bring it full circle, the whole question is, is can you be consistent? Right. So to talk about expireds or to talk about for sale by owners, if you get into chapter four, lead generation, which is our biggest chapter for a reason, is, oh, I called for sale by owners for 30 days and I didn't get a deal. <laughs> okay. That doesn't mean you start Facebook ads. That doesn't mean you go and buy Zillow leads. That doesn't mean you say, you know, screw it. I'm just going to go call landlords. You have to be consistent and you have to show up and you have to give it a fair shot. And by giving it a fair shot, you're giving yourself a fair shot to succeed. So the question becomes is, are you willing to invest in your future self through failure? That's the question. Which is a really difficult thing, by the way, for a new agent when finances and resources are getting scarce and tighter, which is why there's the requirement for that reserve fund. But like, that's really, I believe, where the mindset comes in. And that's Tell me if I'm wrong, probably why you put it first and foremost, because if your mindset is off and you go 30 days without the FISBO, without the lead and you're calling FISBOs or whatever it is, and you don't have any transactions, how easy is it to just be like, OK, this isn't working. I'm done. That's why I kind of I mean, it's, again, tell me if I'm wrong, but that's why the mindset has to come first, because if your mindset's off, you're it's almost like you're you're running a hurdle race when you should be running a 100 meter dash like you're just playing the wrong sport. Yeah. And you have to believe in yourself. Right. And I think. You want to talk about a big reason there's the failure rate so high is because I don't think people believe in themselves. Like this isn't just an industry problem, man. Like this is a people problem in general, right? We are all scorned. That's a strong word I'm going to use by social media and everybody living the rock star lifestyle, right? Travelpreneurs, solopreneurs, all these different things that everybody sees. Meanwhile, you're at home with, you know, multiple kids and dogs and, you know, partners and spouses, whatever. And there's real life challenges that people are going through. We all have the same time. We all have 24 hours in a day, 365 days in a year. But where are you mentally? And what does that look like? And do you have the grit and the tenacity to keep going and pull yourself forward? And that's why people ask like, okay, well, what's your why? Because no one's going to be pushed, man. Nobody likes to be pushed. But if you have a reason to be pulled, then it's different. Right. So what does your future self mean to you? Does it mean enough to you to invest in yourself through failure, through loss, through not succeeding immediately out the door, right? Like we're in a time where change is happening. The last two, three, four, five years has been very easy for people to get into real estate and rise to the top. 
market's shifting. It's different. This is where the filters turn on. Yep. Which side of the fence do you want to land on? So what would you say to somebody then? Because I know whenever people hear mindset, they go, oh, mindset. Okay, fine. Here we go again. Let's just skip this chapter. Why is that certainly something where this is like people will be like, I know what I want. I know what I want to be. I want to be rich. I want to be successful. Blah, 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 blah. I don't need to read that. I'm just going to flip to chapter two. What would you say to someone like that, Walter? Uh, good luck working at McDonald's because you're not going to make it as an entrepreneur. <laughs> right. One, I say that flippantly, but one, I don't care what you think. And I don't mean that you specifically, but your mindset, right? Your mindset has to be, I don't care what the outside influences of the world think about what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, what I say, how I say it. I am fixed on my goal. I know exactly where I want to be. I've already thought through the individual steps I have to take to get me there. Nothing else matters. Your opinion of me doesn't matter. Your, your talking points don't matter. I am locked in until I achieve my goal. Now, everybody wants to have more money. Everybody would probably like to be somewhat more famous, not, not necessarily on a big stage where they have to give a speech, but everybody wants the Instagram snapshot lifestyle. Everybody wants the yacht in the Caribbean. The only thing that separates most people from wild success and wishing they had wild success is consistent individual actions repeated over and over and over again in, a, in an almost boring fashion because they know those individual steps are walking them towards a goal. That's mindset. It's not a oorah, dream big dreams and you'll be fine. It's lock on target, analyze what individual steps you need to do to get there and do it every single day until you arrive. And as you're arriving, start thinking about a bigger destination that you can keep moving to once you've arrived. So if you skip the chapter, your mindset's already wrong. I like the analogy that you just gave about like the target, really. Because it's like, if there's anybody in the world, really, that doesn't need target practice, it would be like a professional sniper. But professional snipers, obviously, the ones that do more target practice than anybody else. Or like you'll see like before an NBA game, these players, when they're warming up, they're doing like layups. And obviously, it gets a little bit more complex as they go on. But they start with the basics every single day. Because if you neglect those basics. So this is the kind of thing. In my, like it seems, and I like the analogy that you gave about the snipers, like what really separates the men from the boys, analogically speaking, is the men are the ones who are willing always to not neglect the basics and they're never above the work. Like the, the work is never beneath them. And the boys are the ones who kind of are just saying like, put me in a game. I'm ready. Even though they haven't gone to practice. Like I used to be a gym teacher. And what I found is when I taught little kids and it's, by the way, I don't want to offend anybody because I'm not talking about anybody in particular here, but it's uncanny how similar adults are to little petulant kids to be honest, like it's crazy. There's so many similarities I can't even talk about right now. But one thing that I found is that when I, when I would, let's say, be showing a kid how to shoot a basketball, and that's my sport, basketball. When I would show, show a kid how to shoot a basketball, they go, I already know this. I already know how to do this. I'm good. Can we just play the game? That is what you're saying when you're 40, 50, 60 years old, whatever age is. Yeah. It's like, I'm good. I don't need this stuff. Can we just like move on? It's like, no, 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 stop. Stop. You do. Because Kyrie Irving is still practicing his crossovers, right? Steph Curry is still practicing his free throws. So you do need this stuff. So 
It's crazy. Like whether you're seven years old or seven years old, it doesn't change. So I want to get into the second chapter because I think that the uh, the title that you gave is is brilliant. And Raymond, you kind of touched on it when you were talking about time management versus time versus activity. You've been lied to about time. That is the name of this chapter. What is this great lie? Tell us. Well, that's you, buddy. Yeah, I love it. So, so Ray, Ray did touch on it, right? Uh, we all get the same 24 hours in a day. I, I used to joke because I teach a time management and goal planning course. And I used to joke at the beginning of that course that if you follow what I'm about to teach you, I will show you how to have a 27 hour day, right? I, I'd use that play on words on perfect on purpose because obviously we all have 27, uh, 24 hours. Now, th th there's so much out there about time management how to schedule time blocking, et cetera. But at the end of the day, no, there's no secret sauce here. There's no proprietary algorithm. Everybody gets the same amount of time. So what you're really doing is learning activity management. How do I take the 24 hours I do have, fit my life, fit my business, fit my passions, fit my hobbies into that 24 hour envelope in an efficient and productive way so that the end, at the end of the day, I can go, I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. I wasn't stressed about it. I wasn't running around like a chicken with my head cut off. I was structured. I was orderly. I can go to sleep at night resting on the fact that this, this worked. It, it, you're, you're, you're averaging, um, uh, you know, let's call it a 12 hour workday. If you want an eight hour workday, I know people that do four hour workday and everything else life business, hobbies, passion, kids, doctor's appointments, the flat tire, it all has to fit into that 24 hour window. Um, and so that's really what we're teaching. We're not, we're not right. Obviously the, the, the time management moniker has been out there forever. And so it's a play on words for a reason, but if you can learn how to one prioritize your life, both personal and business life, right? What are my number one priorities? And based on what is my number one priority is I know what I'm putting on my calendar first, right? Because the, the nine-year-old's dentist appointment is more important than me being on the phone with Fizbo's for an hour at that moment in time, right? The doctor's appointment comes first, right? And a lot of people don't think about that because they think about what they want to do in their business. And maybe they even go as far as to put it on their calendar, but they never factor in all of the other priorities like doctor's appointments, dentist appointments, family reunions, right? The wife has this thing. The daughter has a ballet recital. That has to be on your calendar as well. That's actually uh, a critical component of you planning out your business is you have to plan out your life first because that is the work-life balance, right? Your work is not important as your life. You got to put the life in there and then build the work around it. So that's it in a nutshell. So how does that equate to 27 hours in a 24-hour day? Yeah. So here's what happens. Every time everyone that, that has done it, they, they agree. It's not that you have any more time, but this is what happens. You get really, really productive with the time that you're intentionally scheduling in a prioritized manner. And so what you, what you wind up doing is you accomplish far more than everybody else around you. You don't feel stressed. You don't feel scattered. You're not jumping from one thing to the other. But at the end of the day, you can go, I was productive. 
I accomplish the things that I know I need to accomplish to move my business forward and take those steps towards the ultimate destination. And I wasn't stressed about it because I knew like when I woke up at, at, at 5 a.m. on Monday morning, I know I'm doing this first and then I'm doing this and then I'm doing this and then I'm doing this. And now all I have to do is execute the success I already built for myself. And man, that's a game changer for the stress levels, for the emotional roller coaster that we typically see in real estate, for the income roller coaster that we typically see in real estate. Um, if I like, I, I joke about it, but it's true. I do more from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. than most people will do with their entire week. It's not because I'm amazing. It's not because I'm some super genius with a 50 pound brain. It's simply because I figured out how to prioritize my life and business, put those priorities on my calendar in advance. And when I wake up Monday morning, all I have to do is execute in a consistent and disciplined way to accomplish the goals I already set out for myself. You also have a 50 pound brain and you are a super genius, but that's not that's not why you have such a successful morning. <laughs> I um, mean, four out of five doctors agree, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's another thing that I saw that really simplified things, which again is kind of a theme in the book is that it's just the whole thing. Nothing's complicated. Never said it's not difficult, but it's not complicated. And the question that you asked, which is the name of the, the name of the chapter. And, and you probably know which one I'm talking about now is if you did what you did today, a thousand times, would you achieve success? What's the premise behind that question and how can it change your life? Yeah. So I start my day with that question. Literally, I wake up 4.35 a.m., roll out of bed, brush my teeth, grab coffee, throw on something to listen to, learning, podcast, audiobook, whatever. And then I look at my schedule for the day. And that's the question I ask myself. Okay, if I do what I'm about to do today a thousand times, will I hit my goal? So what's on my calendar? Work out. If I work out a thousand times over the next three years, will I be fit? Yeah, probably. Will I be an Olympic athlete? Maybe not, but I'll be fit, right? I'm at least taking care of myself. If I have a framework that I call the success cycle, and what this is, the whole goal of it is 20% effort, 80% of your results. So my day consists of lead generation, setting appointments, adding people to my database, attending appointments, and creating content. If I do those five things every single day, as a real estate professional, I will be successful. It's not a matter of if, it may be a matter of when, if I'm a brand new agent starting from zero, but I will be successful. And that's the premise behind it is what are you doing every single day, right? Like, are you taking 20 steps in one direction or are you taking 20 steps in different directions? And going back to time, that's one of the things that Walt and I harp on, to be honest, and talk to people all the time, right? Because we are in an industry saturated with shiny object syndrome. I need to do YouTube. I need to do TikToks. I need to do Facebook. I need to do Instagram. I need to do LinkedIn. I need to do Reddit. I need to do Pinterest. Like, dude, pick one or two. And that's it. Focus. And part of what you'll go through in the book when you read it is learning what works for you and where you're comfortable. If you're great on video, start with video. If you really just want to do audio and want to be behind the mic, do audio. If you just want to post memes and pictures, post pictures and memes, but whatever you're doing, 
are you going 20 steps in one direction so that you can show up and be consistent and ask yourself every day, man, if I do what I'm about to do a thousand times, will I be successful? Right? So like this question applies to you and your business. If you set the next thousand days up in your calendar in advance and you show up and do that consistently, integrating family, like I am, I'm a one bucket guy. I have one bucket. It's called life. Everything fits in it. Sometimes I give more time to my kids. Sometimes I give more kids or more, more kids. We already have five more time to my wife. Sometimes I give more time to myself. Sometimes I give more time to work. It just depends on what the season is and what's happening, right? So I want to get into either end of that, that question, really. So the first part I want to ask is, what are the kinds of activities that people are doing that are distracting them that if they were to do do that if they were to do this a thousand times they wouldn't be successful what are those what are those activities typically looking like let's let's frame it this way just for a moment and maybe that'll help the audience what's the difference between light and a laser right focus that is literally the only different right a laser can do amazing things. It can save a life in a heart surgery. It can cut through a steel wall. Lasers can do amazing things. But at the end of the day, a laser is just light. The focus is, is what makes the difference. So it's not even necessarily about doing a bunch of wrong things. It's about doing a bunch of things that could be right if you focused in on them and you did them the proper way. You did them consistently, repeatedly, every single day in a disciplined manner or are you trying to do seven different things but because you're doing seven different things within a 24-hour period none of them are consistent none of none of them are with the level of focus that they need right so it doesn't necessarily become doing the wrong things it becomes doing the wrong things for you or doing too many things because you're not focused on any one thing if you're doing so many does that make sense yeah actually and that's a good distinction and i like the analogy there because it's exactly right. Like a light's all over the place and obviously it has its purpose. But at the end of the day, if you yeah. really want to make something productive, a laser is the kind of the way to make it happen. So obviously there are differences between individuals as to what those quote unquote right activities yeah. look like. But generally speaking, I'm sure there are activities that everybody really should be doing. What are some of those activities that if anybody in the world were to do a thousand times over, they would be successful? Yeah, so just to shed some perspective on that question, Picasso painted well over a thousand paintings, of which maybe we can all name one, two, or three. Right? So what does that mean? I think that's being generous, yeah. He he became a, a master of his craft. And eventually somebody, you know, it is subjective as to what a, a masterpiece is. And there's also another saying that paintings are never completed, they're just abandoned. Right. So the question becomes if you're doing lead generation activities every single day, which you need to do as a business owner, I don't care whether you own a CPA firm, you're a lawyer, you're own a restaurant, like that is the number one thing to do as a business owner. If you don't have clients, you're not going to have a business. So let's say you're brand new and you're having a hard time focusing, right? Stop worrying about your logo. Stop worrying about what social media thing you're going to post today. What do I want to decide to do for lead generation? I want to door knock. 
great. Go door knock for an hour for two weeks. When you're doing that consistent, now go door knock for an hour and a half for another two weeks. Then go door knock for two hours for another two weeks. Now you're six weeks in, you've been door knocking consistently. Do you keep door knocking because you like it or it's working? Or can you add another lead generation activity like cold calling? Right. And maybe cold calling is how you follow up with the people that you're door knocking with that are actually giving you their name and contact information that you're adding to your database. Or maybe it's going into businesses and introducing yourself and saying, Hey, I'm Walt Key. I'm a realtor here in Florida. I pick one business a week to feature on all my social media channels. Right. So on Mondays, we're going to do Facebook. On Tuesdays, we're going to do Instagram. On Wednesdays, we're going to do TikTok. On Thursdays, we're going to do YouTube. And on Fridays, we're going to do Snapchat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So to, to, to hammer that question of what, what does any given agent need to do consistently, right? Uh, lead gen, like Ray said, like that's number one. You have to be acquiring clients. But again, you know, light versus laser, right? I can teach you literally over a dozen ways to do lead gen completely free, no paid lead gen, not how we do business. I can teach you all kinds of ways to do it. They don't all make sense for you. You shouldn't try to do them all. What you should do is think about who am I as a person? What's my communication style? What kind of customers do I want to interact with anyway? How do I communicate best? Let me marry that up with the particular lead generation concepts and strategies and styles that make the most sense for me as a person. Now I'm going to focus in on those two, maybe three, and I'm going to get really, really great and really, really consistent with doing just those couple because they align with who I am. They feel natural to me. I enjoy doing it anyway. So I do it easily. It's not a, it's not a battle for me to put my butt in the seat and get on the phone or, or go knock a neighborhood or do my social media, build my YouTube channel, whatever it is. Right. Um, there's lots and lots of ways to do lead gen, but you absolutely have to be doing it consistently and correctly in order to grow your business. So lead gen would obviously be one of those activities that everyone absolutely needs to be doing a thousand X all of the time. And you discuss fairly extensively, um, although not too extensively that it, that it becomes complicated, the strategies that can actually be employed. Like I know, Walter, it's almost like part of your brand where you, you say you don't need to pay for these generation yeah. strategies, which to tell you the truth, even as somebody who currently and has sold paid lead generation strategies like it's not for everybody and right. the reality is is that unless you're at the point where your bandwidth is so small there it doesn't logistically make sense to be investing four five hundred to two thousand dollars a month in ads literally unless it's like i've got this massive team of people i just need to feed them yeah. leads i have like that's basically it or unless, let's say, if you wanted to run like a first-time homebuyer webinar or something like that, like maybe that's a conversation. But the reality is, like you said, there are no shortage of these free leads, yeah. which I guess brings me to the next question is not just in terms of lead generation, but the entirety of the book and both in terms of a day-to-day -day perspective as well as a timeline of how long they can expect to become successful. What could people expect if they read the book, put it down and go and take action on it all? Hmm. So I think we did a live once when we were first rolling out the book 
And Ray asked me a similar question for the audience. He's like, why would someone buy the book? And and my analogy was, and by the way, this is not financial advice. Past performance is not indicative of future success, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, my, my analogy was for less than a $20 investment in yourself, you can generate six figures in the next year. If I could show you an investment out on the market somewhere where you could drop a $20 bill into it and come back in a year and it's $100,000, would you throw your 20 bucks into it? Yeah, you probably would, right? If you read the book and if you execute on the knowledge, and oh, by the way, when you buy the book, you also get access to a bunch of other resources behind the scenes that help you execute, right? So the knowledge is the book. It's step-by-step. Step. The strategies make perfect sense. We, we ordered the book in the logical way that you would do it. But then we also added a ton of resource behind the scenes, the even, even greater uh, assistance with the execution. If you read it and you execute, I, I truly believe that an agent in this market can make six figures in their first. I don't care if you're brand new. I don't care if you got your license last week. Read it and execute. You'll make six figures in your first year. Now, that sounds like a bold statement. Like, oh, my God. Well, he said I'll make $100,000 in my in my first year. How do I say that? I was full-time active duty Navy when I started my real estate career. And while there wasn't a book yet, I basically did this. Guess what I did? Six figures in my first 12 months. If some schmuck in a Hawaiian shirt can do it, absolutely any agent can do it. So that's that's my my personal opinion. It, that's what they should expect. If I read it and I get the mindset right and I just go execute consistently, I'm going to run circles around the agents in my market. That's what I believe that they should expect. So would you say that in this book, there are any strategies that you'd call either counterintuitive or proprietary? Or would you say it's just a matter of compiling the money-making activities, just deleting all of the ones that aren't money-making activities so that all yeah. you're left with is that focus? Like, How would you basically describe your strategies to somebody who's never read the book? 80% of the results. Yeah, I, would say, I wouldn't say that anything is particularly proprietary. There is a lot of stuff that's counterintuitive. There's a lot of stuff that you're like, why have I never heard of that? Right. Yeah. Why? Why did I never think to do that? It's completely free, requires nothing but my time and energy. And it's effective. Why did I never think to do that? So there is a lot of that. Right. There's a lot of, wow, that's that's different, but it's not proprietary. There are other great. I, I think Ray would agree with this. Um, Walt Key is not a genius. Ray, probably slightly more so than me, but he's not a genius. We've been doing this for a long time. We've learned from some really great people. We've surrounded ourselves with excellent coaches and top producing agents and other marketers and other branding specialists. And when you surround yourself with the right people, these ideas, these concepts, these conversations just kind of bubble to the surface. And that's why most people never think about it because they're simply not surrounding themselves with the right people. But there's nothing in this book that any agent can't go do. There's nothing so proprietary and so specific that any agent out there can't execute. Uh, it'll be different and it'll be effective, but it's it's not super secret. There is a, a theory out there that the best authors write the books that they need. And that is how I feel about this book. Yeah. I feel like we wrote the book that we wish we would have had. We wish we would have had. We needed, right? Like how many, I mean, first of all, honestly, I wish I would have been a real estate agent 20 years ago, right? So the best time to plant a tree, 20 years ago. The second best time, 
now. So moving forward, these, these strategies are for us as more, just as much as they are for you guys, right? Like this isn't BS, this isn't talk, this isn't theory. This is literally how we're building our business to get the results. So the proof is in the pudding, the proof is in the making, the proof is in the results, however you want to look at it. But you got to show up and do the work, man. Like I can bring you vitamin water. I can bring you Gatorade. I can bring you stream water. It doesn't matter. I can't make you drink anything. So how bad do you want it? Like that's the question that I would ask you. Are you willing to suffer and invest in loss to succeed? Because that's the only way you're going to learn. And I think that's something I want to draw attention to is that, is that, Listen, there's a lot about you guys I'm sure that I don't know. Maybe you guys are super geniuses in some other ways, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, in my limited knowledge of of, of you guys, and we've known each other for a little while now, I would probably suggest, and I, I think you'd probably agree with me, the reason that you guys are successful and the reason that you guys are qualified to write this book is because you have really two things and two things only. Because nothing that you're saying, like you mentioned, or at least not a lot of it is like super propri proprietary or counterintuitive. The difference is, number one, you have that laser focus. And number two is, you guys come up with an idea to write a book. And 90 days later, this book is on my coffee table. Right? That's it. 90 days. So there's no shortage of ideas and suggestions and strategies on how to generate leads, how to do your follow-up, whatever the heck it is that you want to do. There's somebody out there who's done it, who's done it exceptionally well, and who's sharing that information for free. If you want to be a successful new agent, literally, here's the book. Go and do it. I do believe, and I hope I'm wrong again, but I believe that now, even with the absence of an excuse to not succeed, people will still struggle because of that execution. But I think it's also a promising thing to say. It's also a very optimistic thing to say, because the other side of that, the other side of that coin is that here's the reality. There is nothing in your way. There is literally nothing in your way. And I would say again, like I said, although I'm sure you guys are geniuses in your own ways, probably that's not why you're successful, even if you are geniuses. It's because you had an idea to write a book and you wrote a book in 90 days because you think of something, you're focused on it, and then that's it. And I think that really that kind of thing is that's not a talent. That's just work. And everybody mm -hmm. can do that. Everybody could try. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Oliver, you put out a post a few days ago and your post hit the nail on the head, man. It, it said something about if you go and talk to, you know, a hundred people, maybe two people will convert. So the question is, is are you willing to have 98 failed conversations? That's it. Like, are you willing to have conversations with people every single day just to build a relationship, just to maybe help somebody, whether determined they can or can't buy a home or to get them in a, uh, some type of home ownership counseling, right? It says, hey, you know what? With a few tweaks here, a few tweaks there, a little more in savings, you know, some credit repair, you could be in a great position to buy a home and it's going to take a year. Like, are you willing to invest in other people and have those relationships build over time to be successful? Because, you know, everyone's an overnight success that took 10 years, right? Yeah. Like, that's the reality of the situation. Yeah. And I would even say like that post actually was, was, it was statistically like the national association of realtors like said that 6 million people, approximately 6 million homes were sold like or, or, are sold per year, which again, statistically is about one point like eight, some, whatever it is percent. Again, Walter with your 40 pound brain, you probably do the math a lot quicker <laughs> than me, 
But that means that there's so much business out there. And I think that there's another thing that I posted a long time ago, which also kind of addresses this is it's unbelievable how long and hard people will work to find the simple and easy shortcut. Like if you spend a quarter of that time just doing the, the, the shit that you don't want to do, like you'll crush it. Yeah. So I think kind of as a nice way to bring this circle full circle Let's start with with Walter. I'm going to ask each of you guys individually. What's one piece of advice that you'd give to somebody who's either on the fence about joining the real estate industry or is in the industry and is not sure how or if they're going to be able to make it work for themselves? Uh, I would say if you're thinking you're not going to be able to make it work, change your mindset because you absolutely can make it work. Um, I would even argue that in an industry with almost 2 million licensed agents in America right now, we know the vast majority of them statistically are not going to go execute. They're not going to do the work consistently. So literally all you have to do to succeed in this industry is not be a jerk and do the work consistently. You'll run circles around the agents in your market if you're just nice to people and you do the work consistently. It's not rocket surgery. So Raymond, I would push the same question over to you. What would you say to those people? If you're on the fence about getting in the industry, I would get clarity on why you want to get into the industry. And if you can find something that pulls you to get into the industry, I would take the leap. And then I would read this book and follow Oliver. Appreciate that. On the, other, on the other side of the fence, if you are already in the industry and you are struggling, I would simply stop and urge you to take a break and begin again. Not from the industry. That could mean take a nap, go see a movie, go for a walk and stop trying so hard and really focus on what you want to do and what is the best way that you could get 80% of those results. Awesome. Awesome. You guys, this has been an absolute treat to have you guys on the show. Um, before I let you go, how can people find you? Just look Google for the up. guy in a Hawaiian shirt. You'll yeah. find me. The Go to guy. Amazon, buy the startupagent.com or the startup agent book. Inside this book, you'll find some resources. Go to those resources. Yeah, you'll find us. What so, you uh, get is unbelievable. I will be sharing a link to purchase the book in the actual, yeah. uh, in the description of the actual podcast, all on Thank Spotify, you, Google Podcasts, nice. everywhere nice. there. So um, guys, like I mentioned, please go buy this book. Even if you're an experienced agent, if there's, it's just back to basics. Like this book is a laser pointer. That's what this is. It just removes all of the excess gunk on the outside to help you focus on the things that are actually going to make a difference in your business, make a difference in your life. And if you read this, and instead of going to watch a hundred other YouTube videos from other hundred people to tell you how you can, you should live your life and be successful. Don't do that. Just spend that time, implement these strategies and you will be successful. If you're looking to scale up your real estate business, you need to check out in a box. We believe that with the right tools and coaching, anyone can succeed in this business. That's why we created in a box a CRM and marketing suite to automate your lead generation and lead nurture, along with a coaching to help you scale. 
We follow a three-part framework of brand, automate, and scale to build a real estate business that makes more money and requires less of your time. Our goal is to help you succeed in this competitive industry so that you can focus on what you do best, helping people find their dream homes. So if you're ready to level up your real estate business through systems, processes, and automated lead generation and lead nurture, book a time to talk at goinabox.com slash demo. That's goinabox.com slash demo.